God is tapping me on the shoulder. I'm here for something more. And I know it. I feel it. I'm no longer willing to spectate. It's no longer enough for me to just sit and listen. He's calling me. And I have to wonder. Is he calling you too? Welcome to Church of the Lakes. I am so glad you're here this morning. You doing all right this morning? All good? Everybody's good? Fantastic. We are so glad you're here. Um, if you did not receive a guide when you came in and you would like one, the ushers would be happy to bring one to you. Just raise your hand and they'll be happy to bring it to you. It's got sermon notes in there for you to take notes. And I encourage you to do that. While we're doing that real quick, if you haven't seen it yet, you might want to grab the, uh, is this the daily commercial? Yeah, daily commercial. Uh, in the local section, there's a whole, like almost two-page article about our teen center. Uh, so you might want to check that out. Pretty exciting. So Eden's got the uh, teen center up and going and uh, kind of fun to go down there. I have not played video games since my older boys were home. So uh, all of a sudden I've gotten into Rocket League. It's kind of a fun game. So um, anyway, that's my uh, that's my new uh, addiction. If you'd like to pray for me, you can pray for that. Uh, no, but welcome. We're really glad you're here. Uh, if you've got a guide, that's awesome. Inside there, there is a little connect card. And uh, if you've got that, if you pull that out, especially if it's your first time here, we would love to know that it's your first time here. If you wouldn't mind, all we ask for, name, email, cell phone, real quick and easy, and then mark on their first time guest. Or if, you, if you're doing the social distancing thing, you can pull out your phone and go to cotlakes.com, and there's an e-guide. So there's a, there's a guide that's also there. Also has first time guest. If you're online and you want to hit us up that way, we would love to love to know that you are here. We are currently in the middle of something that we do twice a year called 21 Days of Prayer and Fasting. And um, I, I got to tell you, I have so enjoyed this last week, and I hope that God has spoken to you like God has spoken to me, because I have really been stirred this week about so many things. Vision for what God's calling us to do. Um, and, and I was thinking about it. You know, we do a lot for the community. Um, we serve the community a lot. We're in Leesburg High School and not building a building so that we can use funds to serve the community. But here's what I know. The little bit of effort that you and I make is not enough. Come on, somebody. It takes a move of God to move the hearts of men. Come on, right? Right? It's, bi- it's bigger than just, you know, us having a serve day or doing that. It takes the power and the presence of a holy God. Come on. To show up. And to do something, and that's why we're doing 21 days of prayer and fasting, is, is we're just, we're seeking God. We're seeking His power. We're seeking His presence on kind of just a whole different level. And, uh, and so I'm really, really excited because right in the middle of the 21 days of prayer, let me tell you something amazing that's happening. Next week, next Sunday at 7 p.m., I'm going to remind you next Sunday morning, but next Sunday night at 7 p.m., pretty amazing, in three counties, Lake, Sumter, and Citrus counties, Every school, private and public, will have people praying on their campus next Sunday night at 7 p.m. We are part of a group of over 60 churches that have come together, right? And of course, we'll be right here at Leesburg High School because this is our school next Sunday night at 7 p.m. But it is so cool. I mean, like all the way around, whether it be like 
you know, the fellowship is doing their thing kind of towards Tavares and out that side. And then uh, the Father's House is doing Leesburg Elementary and Faith World is doing Oak Park. And I think Frontiers, Beverly Shores, trying to remember who's Carver anyway. But it's, it's amazing. All denominations, all different churches. Come on, somebody, the Big C Church, you know what I'm talking about? Coming together to do something amazing. So would you put that on your calendar now and, uh, and consider being in and, and here? Let me say this to you as well. Come join us if you'd like to pray with us. But if you live somewhere and there's a school next to you, go pray with them. Like, go mingle with another church, right? And tell them, I'm glad to be here and pray with you. Or if your kids go to a certain school, feel free to go to that school. Uh, but let's just go and, and with this heart, listen to me, with this heart that we know we can do all kinds of things here at Leesburg High. Uh, matter of fact, I'm excited to tell you in a couple of weeks, August 30th is Fifth Sunday Family Worship. And we will have the Leesburg High School cheerleaders to open up service. They're going to be cheering for you because, you don't know this, but you sponsored nine cheerleaders this year for them to be able to do that could not afford, couldn't do camp, couldn't do uniforms and all that kind of stuff. But because of your giving and because of what we do, um, you sponsored them. So they're coming and they're going to share a little bit with you. They're going to cheer and open up. It's going to be a crazy fun day. We got baptisms that day, kids ministry. Uh, I don't know if Pastor Mike's going to even teach or not. So you get a break that week. But but the point being, it is going to be an amazing day and I'm excited about all. But listen, no matter how much we do, we need a move of God. Amen? We need God to move. We need the Holy Spirit to do what only the Holy Spirit can do. In other words, we put the natural work in, right? And God does the supernatural. And that's what 21 Days of Prayer is all about. That's what we're looking for. That's really the, the goal. So we started a series, and this is week two of a series called We Can't Stay Here. Come on, anybody would would be brave enough to say, you know what? Maybe I'm happy with my life. I I love my spouse. I love what's going on. But you know what? I do have a sense that there's more. I do have a sense that there's something. Like there's, maybe there's just something missing. And you know what? I can't stay here. I can't stay in the same place. I gotta, I gotta do some, I gotta see, I gotta do my natural and see God do a supernatural. Like I, I have a bucket list of supernatural things that I'd like to see. Like, I, I don't know about you, but I, I want to see somebody like healed, healed. You know what I mean? I'm talking like blind and then, whoa, look at that nice shirt. You know what I'm talking about? Like, like I want to see the God of the Bible when I read in Acts and the move of healing and, tra- and, and, and radical transformation, just evil hearts softened and moved to be the person that God created them to be. Come on, anybody else? And you know what, if we want to really want to see that, we're going to have to do something. We, we can't stay here, right? And so this is, this is week two of a series. And last week we looked at a prophecy I want to jump back to real quick. It's in Isaiah 61. And these words were written as a prophecy hundreds of years before, but about Jesus. So this is, if, if you and I do nice things, if we are, the word is philanthropic, Right, We give money and we go serve and we are in service clubs and we do all this kind of stuff. We can do some cool things. And we can make people feel good and we can get a little plaque to put on our wall. Yay. Right? But the reality being that for God to do something, for God to move, for it to look like this. Because this is, this is the prophecy of what it looks like when Jesus shows up. Right? When the, when the power and the presence of Jesus shows up, this is what it looks like. To give them beauty for ashes. Anybody got any scorched earth in your past? 
some ashes maybe that it'd be real nice of God to make them beautiful again, right? That's, that's what he does. He redeems. The oil of joy for mourning. That It doesn't say he takes away your mourning. In other words, your suffering or your sorrow. No, no, no. Even in the midst of it, I've got this joy. Come on, where am I, Baptist? I got the joy, 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 joy down in him. Where? Yeah, you know what I'm talking about, right? <laughs> right? I mean, I, I did that too. And, and where? But here's the problem. Really, we should sing that song like, joy, 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 joy. Where? Where? That's most of us. Like, where is the joy? Where, where is that, that oil of joy? But that's what happens when Jesus shows up. And when his presence is there. And a garment of praise for a spirit of heaviness. Oh my gosh, is there a spirit of heaviness on our country? Right? Doesn't it just, come on somebody, doesn't it just feel heavy? Like, like are you, I, I don't know, maybe have y'all gotten like me? Like you think about getting on social media and you're just kind of like, here we go. You know what I'm talking about? Like, like the, the, this is, and he, and, he, and he says, a garment of praise that even, listen, even when all heck is breaking loose around us, that the people of God would have joy. That the people of God would have life. That, the, the, that we would feel something more. And so I don't know about you, but I just can't stay here. The problem being there's a battle going on, right? It's a spiritual battle. Have you ever heard that term? It's a spiritual battle going on. Well, we launched the church on John 10.10, 10, so I read this verse all the time. But I want to look at it just maybe a little bit differently than I've ever said it before, even since we launched the church. John 10.10 10 says this. The thief, that is a common name that Jesus loves to use for the devil. He's a thief. In other words, he's a taker. He loves to take. The thief comes only to what? Steal, kill, and destroy. Steal, kill, and destroy. We're going to talk about those words today. And then it goes on, and this is Jesus talking. I have come that they, and here's the word I want you to catch that I've never emphasized before teaching this. May. They may have life. Maybe. Do you hear that? Maybe. They they might have life. In other words, It sounds a little bit different because it sounds like an option. But here's what I've noticed. The devil comes to you. He comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Is there anybody else in the house that trouble just shows up at your front door? (laughs) Come on, man. Like, like it just, it it just, and and it's it's usually like in the form of a family member or something. I mean, come on. Don't look at your spouse. I just saw a bunch of y'all look at your spouses. You need marriage counseling. No. But it is the reality that the, 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 the enemy is just right here. Come on, temptation chases you, right? Like these things, it comes after you, right? But Jesus gives an option, listen to this, that you may have life. The, the picture that I get, and I, and I got this kind of visual as I was thinking about it this week, like the devil is just chasing you around. Like, you know, I'd love to like just bring Dimitri up, just chase him around the stage for a minute. You know, you know kind of like... The, because I don't think I could catch him. But <laughs> they challenged me, do it, do it. But, but I get this picture of, of, the, of, the, of the devil's just, he's just chasing you. He's following you to work. Come on. He's following you. He gets in your car. He gets in my car. Does he get in anybody else's car? Come on now. You can be singing a praise song going down the road and all of a sudden somebody... I 
I repent, Jesus. Yes. But check this out. It says that you may have life. In other words, Jesus is not chasing you around. Jesus is standing where Jesus stands. In truth and in righteousness. And he says, you may come if you choose. It's a choice. It's a choice that each one of us has to, has to make. If there's any disciple, and I talked about him last week, I'm going to talk about him again real quick, that, that I think knew how to choose life, man, knew how, knew how to choose joy, it was Paul, right? Like beaten and, I mean, you know, 39 lashes that Jesus got, he got five times. Come on, that's, that's crazy. Right? And yet he, wor- he writes words like this. 2 Corinthians 6 and 10, we looked at, I'm sorrowful. I have every reason in the world to be sorry. So I'm, so I'm upset. <sighs> I could be the victim, could take the victim mentality. I'm sorrowful. What does he say? Yet. That's a choice. Yet. Always rejoicing. <laughs> I, lo- I love that. Poor. I ain't got jack. Come on, somebody. But making everyone else rich. In other words, I'll give everything I've got to everyone else. And what I've got is eternity. What I've got is Jesus. What I've got is the greatest message that I could ever give them. That I might give them eternity. This is, this is the mentality of Paul, right? Yet making many rich, having nothing. And yet possessing everything. I got nothing. I, I was driving yesterday. Back from the beach. I took Jen and the girls over to the beach. Y'all pray for me. I am a bachelor this week. It's not good for man to be alone. That's in Genesis, right? No, I'm just kidding. But um, I took them over and I'm driving back from the beach. And I got behind this car and all of a sudden I realized it was a Maserati. And I'm like, oh, hello, Mr. Maserati. And I am in Jen's little Toyota Civic. I'm like, well, let's see what this Maserati's got. You know what I'm saying? And so I pulled up next to the Maserati. and I, Anyway, I was having some fun. And um, I blew his doors. No, I didn't. I'm just kidding. But... But my point is, I'm looking at that Maserati, and you know, I'm like, oh, the car's awesome, and I'm having, but you know what? Paul looks at it, he goes, I don't have a whole lot. Doesn't matter. Because I have everything. What do you do with somebody with an attitude like that? What, what do you do with somebody like, like they looked at Paul, they said, I'm going to throw you in prison, and he goes, oh, would you? I... I hadn't had a chance to finish my letter to the Ephesians. It'd be awesome. And that jailer, he hadn't quite got saved yet. That would be so cool. They go, well, yeah, if you don't shut up, we're going to cut your head off. And he's like, oh, would you? Oh, my gosh. To live is Christ. To die is gain. Chop it off. Chop it off. Good. Like, what, what, do you, what do you do? Come on, somebody. With somebody with an attitude like that. And listen to me. That's what I want for you. That's what God wants for you. He wants you to find this joy, this, this thing that, that we can't explain. It's not natural, it's supernatural, right? Oil of joy, garment of praise. Oh, come on. But again, you got to choose it. It's a choice. So we started last week with choice number one, we said, was pray. Prayer first, Right? Before we do anything, before we do everything, pray. When you get up in the morning, pray. Before you go to eat, whatever you're going to eat, pray. Come on, like don't get out of the habit of saying grace and honoring God and thanking Him for what He's given you and put on your plate. Come on, don't be ashamed to do that out in public. 
Now, I mean, don't stand up, grab hands, and do the doxology. That makes us Christians look ridiculous. But you know what I'm saying, right? Listen, uh, pray, pray first. And so I want to give you another choice today. Remember, devil's chasing you around, right? And Jesus is standing over here going, you may have life, but you've got to step into it. You've got to choose it. So I want to give you a very practical another choice today that we have to make. Listen to me. Nothing I'm going to say today is revelatory. Like you're not going to go, oh my gosh, I didn't know that probably. I'm probably just going to tell you something that you already know. Just maybe you had not been doing it yet. <laughs> Many of us have grown up in church and heard it. Our issue is application, right? And so I want you to hear today with the thought and the whole time we're thinking through, how do I actually put this into play this afternoon, tomorrow morning, when I go to work or when I'm dealing with kids tomorrow, whatever it is that you have on your schedule tomorrow, how do I actually put this into play? So let me go back real quick because this daily choice that you got to make, this was not, this was not a fun choice, at least initially. This is probably the hardest of the choices I'm going to give you of the four. The daily choice is purity. The daily choice is purity. Purity. Too many of us are not experiencing life. Come on. Joy. Right? So joy, the oil of joy. Oil just runs all over everything. Isn't that true of somebody who's joyful? They walk into a room and the joy just kind of spills on everybody. Right? That we're lacking this, and so many of us are lacking this reality in our life. And the reason is because you keep carrying around so much stuff. Because we're carrying around guilt, shame, fear, worried that your boss is going to find out, or that your spouse is going to find out, or that your kids are going to find out, or hiding from relationships because of shame and fear that people might find out what you have done. Let me go back to this John 10, 10 real quick. The thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. I want to say this to you again. The devil takes, listen to me, and Jesus gives. Most of us, if you're anything like me, grew up in the church, and I thought the exact opposite. The devil wants to give all this stuff to me. Come on. And Jesus wants to take it all away. Anybody else? Anybody else grow up going to church? I've been to church all my life. I didn't like it most of the time I was there, to be honest. But I was smart enough to know I didn't want to go to hell either, right? You know what I mean? <laughs> but it was, it was this, I mean, if I'm quite honest, it was like, okay, just suffer through it, you know, and then you won't go to hell. And that's kind of our thought, like, Jesus, God just wants to not let me do this, and I can't do that, and I'm not supposed to do this. And, and so, this God, Listen to me, the devil is the taker, Jesus is the giver, the giver of life. The problem is, is the, is the taking of the wrong things, right? The exact opposite is true. And here's what's so crazy is, some of us end up in church or live in, grew up in church, and we're like, okay, well, I'm supposed to do it. Some of us say, and some of y'all, maybe you're here this morning and you're like that. Maybe some of you kids are just kind of like, all right, I'm here. So my parents made me come. So I got to wait for this fat old man to finish talking. And if I suffer through, maybe God will bless me this week. Maybe God will like me a little bit more. And then maybe I get to go to heaven. 
But I'm not really sure you're excited about heaven. Because then we think, well, I'm going to go to heaven. What does heaven look like? I have a robe, sit on a cloud, play a harp. That's not heaven, that's hell, somebody. Come on, y'all. Right? Like we've got wrong thinking in the reality of what God wants to do. Listen to me. I need you to hear me this morning. Jesus wants to give you life. And life to the full. Joy that is unexplainable. Right? Sorrow. I've got stuff going on in my life, yet I can't help but rejoice. That is what Jesus promises. But listen to me, you got to choose it. And I spent a lot of my life living a double life. Anybody else? Go to church, do the holy thing. Come on. My dad was a bank president. Of a, we lived in a small town in Mississippi. My mom ran the Chamber of Commerce. In other words, as a very small kid, I learned how to, to work adults. You know what I'm talking about? Like I learned how to work a crowd. I mean, at, at eight, nine, ten years old, I could walk into a room. I could introduce myself, look them in the eyes. I could introduce them to someone else. Like I was trained to do all that sort of stuff. So I could go into church. And all the church people were like, little Michael, he's such a good kid. <laughs> Come on, anybody else lived a double life? Then you went off to school and Lord, have mercy. Come on, you know. It's amazing how a teenager can turn the language on when their friends are around and off when mom and dad show up. We live a double life. Because we have this ongoing struggle. But listen to me, hear me, and hear me teenagers and young people. You have to choose purity. It's a choice. And it's not a choice to take away, it's a choice to add to you. So the devil pursues you, sin pursues you, and it steals, kills, and destroys. Let me describe that for you real quick. Number one, sin steals our joy. Steals our joy. It takes it away. It's fun for a moment. How many of you have ever done something, and it was awesome when you were doing it? Like, egg somebody's house. Like, rolled somebody's yard. You know... Put somebody's car up on blocks. Come on, somebody. You know, went over to Farmer Joe's and went cow tipping, pushing his cows up. Or, you know, come on. I'm in Lake County, so I'm trying to, you know. But here, listen to me. But those of you who grew up, especially if you grew up in church and you grew up with parents that were putting some good morals into you, you would go do those things and they were awesome. But something inside of you felt bad. Something inside of you went... I probably shouldn't have done that. Now I got to worry about if mom and dad find out. Now I got to, you know, I'm thinking, is this okay? Listen, it steals your joy. Psalm 32, check this out. Blessed, blessed. I need you to hear this and understand this because the prosperity gospel, we jack this up. Blessed is not monetary. It's not what the word means. Look it up in the original language. Blessed means joy and happiness on the inside. It's a soul thing. It's a, it's a, I'm just going to use the word happy when I read this. But do you understand what I'm saying? That blessed is not a monetary thing necessarily. Sometimes it can be. But not necessarily what it's saying here is on the inside, I'm just happy. Happy is the one whose transgressions are forgiven. Come on. Happy. Like, man, I'm so grateful God doesn't hold against me the stuff that I did in the past. Anybody else? Right? Happy is the one whose transgressions are forgiven, whose sins are covered. Happy is the one whose sin the Lord does not count against 
them. That's, that's a realization maybe some of you need to have this morning. That if you've confessed your sin, He's not holding it against you anymore. Like we're the ones that keep bringing it back up. We're the ones that keep digging back up our bad stuff. We're like, got him when I was 10. You know, and I painted my, my sister's face while she was sleeping. I feel so bad. And God's going, I, I, I don't know what you're talking about. Because I already forget. It's, it's, it's gone. Like all this stuff. And I use a silly example, but some of us have some dark stuff. That's still haunting us. That we're still allowing to steal our joy. Let me keep going on this. And, and, and whose spirit, there is no deceit. Do you know why there's no deceit in somebody who's forgiven? They got nothing to hide. They got nothing to hide. If you got nothing to hide, you ain't got to cover your butt. Come on. Right? You ever lived that life? You ever told a lie? Then you got to tell another lie to cover that lie. And then you got to try to remember, wait, who did I, which one did I, I told mom this. But I told dad that. Right? Or I told my boss this. Or I told that one person. There, there's no deceit in them. But when I kept silent, when I didn't deal with my sin. Now here's the other side of it. If I just keep it in and I don't deal with it, my bones waste away. You ever been there? You ever been in that sick place in your stomach? Where you just know something's jacked up? Some of y'all will get there every once in a while and you'll call Pastor Mike. I need to sit down and talk. And you'll come and just kind of unload Because why? Because you can't keep silent about it. Listen to me. That's why we need each other. That's why we're about to go into a season of small groups. You need some people in your life. You need some people in your life, listen to me, that you can build enough relationship with to trust. So you can tell them the caca pupititi stuff. You know what I mean? The the stuff that you don't want to tell anybody. The stuff that's in there that is still eating you up. The stuff that's stealing your joy. Because you have it, let it go. That although God, you've you've come forward and you've prayed with somebody. Or you've gotten on your knees at home and said, God, please, I am so sorry. Forgive me. But it's still eating you up on the inside. Listen to me. James 5 and 16, confess your sins to God. No, that's not what it says. Confess your sins to God one another, that you may pray for each other, that you may be healed. Right? Sin steals joy. Man, i got to keep going on this one. Bones waste away through my groaning all day long. For day and night, your hand was heavy on me. You ever felt that? When you got some sin, when you got some broken relationship, and it just feels like something heavy, that spirit of heaviness on you, my strength was sapped as in the heat of summer. Then I acknowledged my sin to you. Oh, here it comes. Freedom, freedom, freedom. Then I acknowledged my sin to you and did not cover up my iniquity. I said, I will confess my transgression to the Lord. And you forgave the guilt of my sin. Somebody here today? I know because the Holy Spirit told me. Somebody here today is going to let something go for the first time. For the first time, you're really going to take that divorce. That broken relationship. That family issue, that thing that happened to you when you were a child, that boss that fired you, that spouse that let you down. And you're going to give forgiveness and receive forgiveness today. And Jesus says, just come. Right? What do you have to do? You have to choose. You have to step into that 
as a reality. And what happens after that? Many are the woes of the wicked, but the Lord's unfailing love surrounds the one who trusts in him. Rejoice in the Lord and be glad. You righteous sing, all you who are upright in heart. That's what's going to happen. What's going to happen? When you feel that, when that, when you get that stuff taken out and joy comes in, you're going to be at the office tomorrow, like whistling or singing a song. And people next to you are going to be like, you've been drinking all weekend? What is going on? Because joy comes. That's, that's the promise. Listen to me. The devil is taking and stealing something from you. And Jesus wants to give it back. But guess what? You got to choose it. You got to choose it. You got to step into that reality. Number two thing that sin does. Sin kills our potential or our lives. Kills our lives. Or another way I would say that is our potential. It not only pollutes you, but it impacts those around you. Work, home, school, relationships. Do you know what your biggest potential is? Hear me on this. So important. What's your biggest potential? Your biggest potential, whether you're a mom or dad or not, is the next generation. That's your biggest potential. Are you hearing me? It's the legacy that we leave. It's those that come behind us. And here's what happened. Sin kills that potential. The scripture is very, 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 very clear. Listen to me. You can sin, see very little results or consequences. And guess where the consequences show up? On the next generation. And the generation after that. See, sin kills and, 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 and destroys our lives and, and our potential. Look at Psalm 73. This is talking about somebody who's caught in sin. Surely you place them on slippery ground. Anybody here been ice skating and stink at ice skating? Anybody? Yeah. That's, that's, this is what the Bible is describing here, right? If I had ice skates and was on here right now, I don't know if I could stay up. You know what I'm talking about? And so many of us, because of the sin that we're choosing, because we're choosing the devil's way, because we're not choosing Jesus's way, is that we're living on slippery ground. That's why we feel unsure. That's where insecurity comes from. If you're struggling with insecurity, listen to me, it might be a sin issue. It may be pride. Wait a minute, how do, how do I insecure but I have pride? Because when it's all about you, that's pride. When I isolate, come on, right? And instead of dealing with people because people scare me, why do people scare you? Well, I, I, I mean, I've been hurt before, and I don't, I, I don't want to let people in, and I just push away. What did it say about those who keep it silent? Their bones waste away. Are you hearing me? Come on, we need each other. At the same time, each other is all crazy and jacked up, right? We just have to deal with that. Like that's the call of what it means to be a follower of Jesus is to just get in the mess of each other's lives. Surely you place them on slippery ground. You cast them down to ruin. How suddenly are they destroyed, completely swamped away by terrors? Man, sin, it steals our joy. It destroys, it, it, it kills our potential of our lives. And number three, it destroys our identity. Look at this psalm. My guilt has overwhelmed me like a burden too heavy to bear. And then catch these words. I am bowed down and brought very low. In other words, it's this. Listen. The sin that's weighing me down and the choices that I'm making that are outside of God's will. 
They make me choose a lesser story. They make me choose a lesser version of what God has for my life. Right? That there's something more that God wants to do. And the devil's going, no, here, have fun. Do this. Have fun. It's all good. It's going to be fine. And it's going to keep chasing you and throwing this stuff. And Jesus is saying, no, 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 listen, listen. Choose me. I'm the giver of life. I'm the one with the oil of joy. I'm the one with the garment of I'm telling you, it's, this, is, this is one of those things. And, and um, you know, we have, we have now parented eight kids. That's why I have a little bit of hair left and I've got a tick. You know what I mean? Listen, and there's something crazy about parenting. When you're trying to get your kid to understand something that they don't understand, and they can't understand it until they experience it, but you're trying to keep them from experiencing it. Come on, anybody, do you know what I'm talking about? That's the same thing that I'm doing right now. <laughs> it's the same thing I'm doing right now. Because for many of you, I'm looking at you and I'm going, man, I'm, I'm, I'm begging you to walk away from the sin. I'm begging you to walk away from whatever that is. That you're using to comfort and you're allowing in your life and it's taking away from. And you're like, yeah, but it's, I can't, oh, that's my, that's my comfort zone. Like, like I'm just okay here. Like I, I know I shop too much, but it, it makes me feel better. You know, I, I know I, I eat too much, but it, but it makes me feel better. And, and, and listen to me, gluttony is a sin. And misusing the resources God has given is sin. Are you hearing what I'm saying? And it steals from the life that God... And I'm challenging you today. And I'm, I'm, I'm begging you. I'm pleading with you. I, I, I mean, I, I'll get on my knees. <laughs> because I want so badly for you to feel life. Are you hearing me? Real life. Joy. That I just can't understand but so many of us have settled into well my daddy was a drinker his daddy was a drinker so I guess I'm just going to be a drinker and we've settled into listen an identity that is not who God has created us to be it's why I so appreciate the results of AA but there's one piece of it that I really don't like I don't like sitting around in a circle and going hey my name's Mike and I'm an alcoholic Because that's an identity that is not who you are. It's something you've done, but it's not who you are. Like that's the way we should parent as well. We look at our kids and we go, you blew it. You know what? That was a terrible decision. But I want you to hear something. That's not who you are. That's what you chose in this moment. But that's not who God has created you to be. Are you hearing me? And I'm saying the same thing to you today. To walk away. What is it? Because... Let me say it to you this way. We cannot be guilty and joyful at the same time. We cannot be guilty and joyful at the same time. So, okay, Pastor Mike, you have kind of gone through this ad nauseum. How? What? What? Now? Let me give you, let me give you four practical steps that I want to walk through to close out this, this sermon today. To daily choose purity. And how many of you know you're going to have to do this daily? Come on now. You're going to have to choose it daily. Let me start. This is not in your notes, but I want to put up this verse from Acts 3.19. Now, repent. That word is the word in the Bible that gets the worst rap of every word in the Bible. 
Because that word, we look at that word and it's, it's negative. It's just, it's negative. And the reason it's negative, because the only time we ever hear that is when there's some crazy person on the road going, turn or burn, you better be filled or be grilled, you better repent, you sinner, you suck. Right? Listen to me. Nothing could be further from the truth. Repent is one of the best words in the whole Bible. It is one of the most positive, amazing words. And can I show you what it means? Can I, can I show you what it means? This, this is all it means. You ready? I'm facing this way. And I turn and I go this way. That's all it means. To repent is to turn away from what I'm doing in this direction. And to go into the opposite direction. And it says, now repent of your sins and turn to God. So that your sins may be wiped away. Then times of refreshment will come from the presence of the Lord. That is what I want so badly for each one of you. (laughs) Times of refreshment that don't require alcohol. Or gossip. Come on. Or shopping. Or lust. Or food. It comes because we choose purity. And we see God and what he can do with someone, listen to me, that is obedient. Right? God can do so much with obedience. So let's walk through Psalm 51. Psalm 51. Psalms, if you don't know, they're songs, S-O-N-G, songs, but psalms, right? That were written and they were sung. Psalm 51 was written by King David. It was written right after he had committed adultery with Bathsheba and had her husband killed. You know, the guy that God said, this is a man after my own heart. Then he sleeps with a man's wife and has... That helps me. I don't know about you, but that helps me. Come on, y'all. Does that not help you? Come on, like if God could still call him a man after God's own heart, maybe I have a chance of, you know, skating into heaven. Come on, you know what I'm saying? Like, aren't you grateful? So let's look at Psalm 51 because it says four things. You're going to see them correlate to the vision. I've told you over and over, you can see the vision of our church in scripture, and this is another one. But but here's what he's going to say in Psalm 51. Wash me, wash me, cleanse me, create in me, and restore me. Let's look at it. Psalm 51 and 2 starts with, wash away all my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. Number one, number one, daily choices that we're going to make, daily choices that we're going to make, Towards purity. Number one, choose to put to death my old sinful nature. I've got to choose to put to death my old sinful nature. What does that mean? That means you have sin tendencies. Come on, somebody. If I talk to some of you, some of your sin tendencies would be in the area of lust. In other words, if you're going to blow it or do something stupid, it would be kind of in that arena. Right? You've got sin tendencies. If I talk to others, ones of you, all right, I don't want to see anybody out, but um, ladies, listen up. It might be in the area of gossip, right? Because we like to talk. Oh my gosh, do you hear what Sally did? Oh my God, right? Like, it might be that you have sin tendencies in, in, in the area of being a bad steward with the resources that God has given you. Are you, are you hearing me? 
But if we're going to put to death our sinful nature, we need to name our sin tendencies. Are you hearing me? And we need to get up in the morning and say, God, hey, uh, help me with this reality. Because how many of you know that your sin and your sin tendencies are zombies? What I mean by that is today, you'll put a stake in the heart of that sin. Like, I'm not doing that today. I'm not clicking that button. I'm not flirting with that person at work. I'm not gossiping. I'm not calling her today. Because if I call her today, we're going to talk about... Right? Like, you'll put it to death. Come on. Go to bed. And then it's a zombie. While you're sleeping, it gets up and it comes right back in the morning. Do you know what I'm talking about? And so listen to me. This is a daily choice. This is a daily choice. Romans 8 and 12. Therefore, brothers and sisters, you have... What does it say? You have no obligation. You have no obligation to do what your sinful nature urges you to do. You don't have to do it. You don't have to do it. You need to say no. And that may sound like, well, personally, they're like, yeah, but you don't know. I do know. You have no idea of my sin nature and what I deal with. And what I have to say no to. It's a choice, and I promise you, the more you get good at saying no, and the more you get a taste of God's presence and the joy that comes, the better you get at saying no. Come on, somebody. Because it's way better. I wish I could describe to you what God has done in my life. The years that I spent in shame and fear that people would really find me out. As a pastor, what if they really do? What if, I, what, if I, what if they knew about the fraternity days? And what if they knew about this? And listen to me, I'll be happy to tell you stories within reason of anything that happened. Because you know what? I'm tired of hiding. Anybody? I'm tired of playing games with it. I don't care. Listen to me. We need to be willing to just go, here's my stuff, man. You know what? And if you want to judge me, or if you want to jump all over that, or what, hey, go for it. Knock yourself out. Because you know what? I don't care. Because of the joy that it comes when I don't have to look over my shoulder anymore. Right? When I don't have to fear anymore. When I can relax. You, you, you don't have an obligation to your sinful nature and what it urges you to do. For if you live by its dictates, listen to me, you will... Die and no, that's not talking about a physical death. That's talking about on the inside. That's talking about depression. That's talking about frustration. That's talking about fake and phoniness and trying to make myself look better than I am by being cool and having the right stuff because I'm playing the game. But if through the power of the Spirit you put to death the deeds of your sinful nature, you will live. You will live. We've got to put it to death. We've got to deal with that. So it said, said, wash away my iniquity. And then in Psalm 51, 7, it says this, cleanse me with hyssop and I will be clean. Wash me and I will be whiter than snow. I want you to catch something. Wash me is on the outside, right? I wash Yeti, my dog, right? But cleanse is on the inside. Are you hearing me? So even though we can wash the outside, which is what Jesus does, when we pray and he comes into our life and he washes us clean as snow. How many of you know you can take the person out of the woods, but you can't take the woods out of the person? Come on. See, cleanse me is about dealing with the stuff on the inside. So number two is 
I got to release my past and step towards freedom. I got to release my past and step towards freedom. You got to let it go. You got to let it go today. You're going to have to involve somebody else in that. You're going to have to involve somebody else in that. Listen to me. You won't let it go. So you confess it to someone close. They pray for you. And you feel that weight come off your shoulders. And you start to realize. Man I should have done this a long time ago. Any of you ever done that? Any of you ever had that testimony? Where you know you look back and you go man I carried this junk for so long. And I think about Mike. I carried all that stuff for so long. Shame and. You know, I, remember I was I had a, I was raised by a single mom for a number of years, and I remember the church paying our rent and bringing groceries to the house. And I was so embarrassed, right, as a kid. It was like this, this shame thing. So I carried this poverty mentality into my life, right? All the you know, when people had money, it was weird, and I felt lesser. Come on, anybody else? You understand what I'm saying? And Jesus is saying, "Listen to me. Make a choice today." I want to give you life. You got to let it go. James 5 and 16, I already said it to to you, but I want to read it to you again. Make this your common practice. Confess your sins to each other. Make this your common practice. Like all the time. You've got to have some people in your life. And that's why we got small groups coming up. That you can on a regular basis go, yo, this is jacked up. This is what's going on. Worship team's coming up and we're going to close in just a minute. So don't worry about them moving. But we've got to find some people that we can get real with. We keep moving. Psalm 51. Create in me a pure heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Create in me a new heart. Remember, sin destroys your identity. So what happens is, is he's not creating something new. You know what he's creating is the right mindset in you to understand who you were created to be. In other words, he's giving back your identity. Created me, God. Created what you've called me to do. So number three is pursue God's plan for my life. Romans 12 and 2, don't copy the behaviors and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you what? think by the think changing the way you think then you will learn to know god's will for you which is good pleasing and purpose perfect psalm 51 and 12 restore to me restore to me the joy of my salvation what does it look like when your joy is restored you'll affect people around you that's what it looks like like when you're when joy really comes come on you get around somebody joyful you ever been around somebody like that? You're just like, I just want to hang out with them more. I just want to feel... Listen, that's what God wants in you. He wants to restore the joy of your salvation. So that those around you are, are, are going, Hey, could we do this again? Like, I want to hang out with you again. Right? Did, did He restore something because we chose life? So number four is that we live to impact others. By the way, thank you for giving. We don't pass buckets around here. We've got offering boxes in the back. But you don't talk about affecting others. Because of your giving, we just gave City Alive Church is a new church launch in Orlando. 
I love it that we are a brand new church, but we're helping launch other churches. I just think that's killer. Uh, this is from uh, City Alive, and uh, their pastor is actually a really good friend of Marcus's. That's how we met him. And so we just sent some money, and it says, thank you so much for your recent financial gift. We are so grateful for your willingness to invest in other plants. May God continue to bless Church of the Lakes and all it does. Just know that your gift is already impacting so many for the kingdom of God. How hard is it right now to try to launch a church and all that's going on, right? Listen, that's your, that's your gift. Listen, we've got to live our lives in such a way. But you know what? We have a hard time impacting other people because we're walking in our stuff. Because we're carrying baggage and we're carrying all this stuff with us. And I'm just, I'm just hoping today that you'll consider Wash me, God. I need relationship with you. I need to know you. Wash me. Then, then, then cleanse me. On the inside, I need freedom from the stuff. The shame, the fear, anger. Come on, some of us deal with serious anger. And you know where anger comes from? Fear. Cleanse me, God. Create in me a new heart. Help me to see truth. Help me to see my life through your eyes and not the madness of this world that's going on. And then restore me. Restore the joy of my salvation. It's what we do here at Church of the Lakes. Right? Wash me. Know God. Cleanse me. Find freedom. Create in me. Discover purpose. Restore me. Make a difference. Do you see it? Right? That's what we're called to do. What about you? Where are you today? What's, what's, what's the Holy Spirit saying to you? And we're going to do this a little bit differently today. Because typically about this time, I would stop and I would pray. And I would give an invitation. And, and, and here, the invitation would be something like this. If you're far from God, if you need to accept Jesus, maybe you've heard Jesus for the very first time in a different way, and today that's you. I need to know you, God. I need a relationship with you. And he says, come on, choose me today. Right? And I'll fill you with my Holy Spirit. Maybe it's others today that God put his finger on a particular sin that you need to let go of today. Maybe it's forgiveness. Maybe it's bitterness. What what is that root? But I want to do it a little bit differently today because Marcus and the team sang an amazing song today that I thought, you know what? The song is the prayer. Like the song is you responding to God. So, so we're going we're gonna to sing the song. So if you would, put your stuff down for a second. Stand up with us. We're going to sing this song because here's what I do believe that we say. Healing is here. Remember, remember, remember how we talked about Jesus is standing over here? And he says, choose. Listen to me. Healing is here this morning. It's your choice. So when you sing the words, I receive it or I believe it. That's your prayer today. Let's sing these words today. Sing this team. Come on. One, two, one, two, three, four. Respond to God today. It's your life. Your sin. Struggle. Lay it down in his feet.
receive it. Come on, receive his healing today. Healing is here. can't stay any longer. That's a choice. Listen to me for you right now. Are you hearing me? Close your eyes. Close your eyes. Listen to Marcus's words. You choose whether you sing it. You make this commitment today. Come on, Marcus, sing it.
challenge. You make the choice here, we got to get up tomorrow and make the choice again. Amen? Right? Got to put the sinful nature to death tomorrow morning. We're going to get up, we're going to walk in His Holy Spirit in newness of life, looking for the oil of His joy. Come on, somebody. The garment of praise at work, not just in church, but in this place so that we can be the witnesses that God has called us to be. Amen? Father, we give you praise and glory today. We thank you for this time. Thank you for touching our hearts today. Now give us courage to actually apply and live out what you have said to us today. Father, we thank you for your great love for us. We thank you are the giver of life. You're such a good dad that you make us choose and step to God. So we love you, we praise you, honor you. We go now as your church, being the church where you've placed us in our neighborhoods, work, schools, and all that you put us into, God. Thank you for your freedom in this house today. We pray it all in Jesus' name and the body of Christ said. Amen. amen, amen. Hey, come join us in Life Steps. If you've never been here before, today's a great one because I talk about the structure of the church. Right down the hallway, we'll keep you just an hour. Otherwise, have a great week. We'll see you next week.